Welcome to Speak Life. Today I want to talk to you about passing the test. How many understand that when we invite Jesus to come into our lives, that's really the first step in becoming a Christian? You see, when we invite Jesus to come into our lives, not only are we forgiven for all of the mistakes, all of the sins that we have done according to God's standard, His Word, which is the Holy Bible, but when we invite Jesus to come into our lives, something amazing begins to happen. God's precious Holy Spirit comes to take residence on the inside of us and immediately begins to change us, molding us and transforming us more into the image of his son, Jesus. The Bible tells us in Romans 8 and 29 that God is working to conform us into the image of his son. God begins to go to work, but this is a process. And when this process begins to happen, you and I can make the decision to do one of three things. We can go against the process of change. We can sit back and do nothing and hope that the change occurs, or we can get into cooperation with the process of change because the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal the areas in our attitudes and our thinkings and our actions that need to change. Our job is to make the change. But be encouraged, we're all a work in progress, and all of us are going to fall short. But falling short is never an excuse just to think or act any way that we decide to, to act or think. You see, God loves us too much for us to remain the same. He wants to do a beautiful work in each and every one of us, and that work includes transformation. When we become a Christian, we don't just become a Christian so that we can have our ticket to heaven, although we are promised eternal life through God's word, we're promised to live eternally in heaven. But becoming a Christian is much more than that. God wants us to reflect more of his son. He wants to mold us. He wants to change us. He wants us to do amazing things in this world, in the here and now. He wants us to help other people. So we have to go through the process of transformation in order to reflect more of his son. And I'll be honest with you, this process of change can be kind of painful because when he begins to expose things to us, it's uncomfortable. But we've got to remember that God is doing it for our own good. And I believe that one of the ways that God exposes things in our lives that need to change is by allowing us to go through times of testing. So today I want to ask you, can you pass the test? I'm going to be talking about a couple of different types of tests today. And the first uh, test that I want to talk to you about is passing the talent test. In Matthew 25, chapter 14 through 28, we read a parable of a man who was about to go away on a journey. But before he left for the journey, he gathered his three servants before him and he distributed a certain amount of money to each servant. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Bible refers to the money as a talent of money. And then he left for his journey. Now, while he was away, the first two servants immediately began putting their money to work and used their money very wisely. But the Bible says that the third servant dug a hole in the ground and hid his money. When the master returned, he asked all three servants to give an account for what they had done with their talent of money. The first two servants gave the account that they had used their money wisely and had doubled it. Well, the master's response to the first two servants was found in Matthew 25, uh, excuse me, Matthew chapter 25, verse 23, when he said, well done, good and faithful servant. 
You have been faithful with a few. I will put you in charge of many things. But when the third servant began to give an account for what he had done, when he began to make excuses for digging a hole in the ground and hiding his talent, the master called him a lazy servant. He told him that he was not wise with what he had been entrusted with. And because of that, not only was his talent going to be taken away, but it was going to be given to the servant that he could trust. I can remember years ago when the Lord first called me into ministry and I began speaking in my local church as I was called upon by the pastors. Now, even though I was nervous, I began using my teaching gift in the place where the Lord had trusted me to use it. Well, soon after that, I began to receive more invitations outside of my local church. Now, at first, they were kind of small invitations. They were women's Bible studies and things like that. But as I faithfully continued using my talent of teaching, the Lord began to entrust me with more. And I began to receive invitations to speak at women's conferences and outreaches and other churches. One afternoon, I received a very surprising phone call from a woman who had asked me to come and do her television program. Now, even though this was quite uncomfortable for me because I'd never done television, I graciously accepted the invitation. Not only did she invite me to come back and do her program again, but she referred my ministry to another gentleman who gave me a phone call and asked me to come and do his program. Soon after that, the Lord began to entrust me with even more, and I was able to have my own television program. Speak Life was birthed. But I want to remind you that it was not birthed because I was so smart and so talented. No, it was birthed because I was faithful in the few that God had given me. He could trust me with more. You see, God can do a lot with your little Maybe you're watching today and your heart yearns to do great things for God in this world. Maybe you have a gift of, um, of singing. Maybe you have a talent of writing or, or doing something with your hands. I want to ask you today, have you been using your talent in the way that the Lord has entrusted you? Or have you been hiding your talent in the ground? Well, if that's you today, I want to encourage you to begin using your talent for the Lord because he wants to entrust you with more, but you have to pass the talent test. And I also want to caution you that if you don't use your talent, that your opportunity just may be taken from you and given to the servant whom the master can trust. Well, I want to take a moment right now to to talk to you about another type of test that you and I might have to take. And we're talking about servants here. So I want to talk to you for a few moments about passing the servant test. This is another test that we may have to take in order to reflect more of Christ in our lives. Jesus taught us in Matthew 23, verse 11, when he said, the greatest among you will be the servant of all. Years ago, the Lord began speaking to my heart about wanting to take my serving to another level. Holy Spirit began to deal with me about that. So I made the decision to begin doing some volunteer work for an organization called Brush for Kindness. This was an organization that helped people who qualified for different repairs around their home, um, weather stripping, tiling, indoor and outdoor 
painting, things of, of that matter. Well, shortly after that, I learned that this organization also had a supply store that was open to the public. So I began serving in people's homes, doing different types of repairs. Well, the weather started changing and it started getting cooler and winter was setting in. And I remembered that little supply store that was open to the public and I decided that I was going to serve in that little supply store. Every morning when I came in, they would give me a list of duties that I was to perform in the store for the day. One day when I came in, I took one look at the list of duties and read, clean the men and women's restrooms. I thought I was going to faint. You see, I had cleaned the restrooms in the church before, but those were the church restrooms. They wanted me to clean public restrooms. Well, having no other alternative, I grabbed my supplies, my mop, my broom, my gloves, and I tackled the ladies' restroom first. But as I went into the men's restroom and took one look at that urinal, I thought I was going to be sick. Holding my breath, I quickly scrubbed as fast as I could, and I got out of there in just a few minutes. As I got in my car that day, I said to myself, I just cannot believe that they would ask me to do that. That is the most disgusting thing that I ever had to do. I just can't believe that they would ask me. As I was murmuring and complaining, the Holy Spirit interrupted me and reminded me of a very important scripture, which is found in Philippians 2 and 5, that tells us that our attitudes should be the same as Jesus Christ. And he began to speak to me about the fact that I really had a bad attitude. Not only did I have a bad attitude, but he began to reveal that there was pride in my heart. Well, the next day I was scheduled to go back to that supply store. And as I received my list of duties to, to uh, perform for the day, I took a look at it and it read, clean the men and women's restrooms. I had an opportunity to take a retest. So I went and I cleaned the women's restrooms first, and then I went into the men's restroom. But this time, things were different. Not only did I not murmur and complain, but I, I was singing a little bit and, and whistling while I worked, and never once did I allow myself to think a negative thought. I cleaned those restrooms with a servant's heart. Well, that day as I left, my work had been completed at the supply store, but more importantly, the work had been done in my heart. I passed the servant test. Even though passing the servant test can be kind of a difficult test to take at times, there's another test that you and I will be required to take in this lifetime, a test that no one ever wants to have to take. And that is the test of suffering. There are many different reasons why we have to suffer in this lifetime. Sometimes we suffer um, as a result of wrong choices we have made in our lives, kind of a, a reaping at what we have sown, so to speak. And there's other times that we suffer because God is disciplining us, according to Hebrews 12 and 6. Sometimes we suffer because God is developing something within us or just to test our hearts. Often, as we look back in our lives at times that we have gone through suffering, we kind of get an idea as to why we had to go through that time. It, it kind of all makes sense to us. We have an understanding as to why we had to go through that suffering. 
But then there's other times that we reflect back on times that we had to go through suffering and we have absolutely no idea why we had to go through that time of suffering. I recently read a post that said, when you're going through something hard and wonder where God is, remember that the teacher is always silent during the test. Well, no matter what the purpose is for our having to endure suffering, the fact of the matter is that we will all have to go through suffering. So today I want to talk to you about a man who had to endure some very difficult tests of suffering, and that is the man, that is a man by the name of Job. Now, the Bible tells us that Job was a very blessed man. The Bible says that not only was Job uh, very blessed with having a large family and great wealth, but the Bible refers to Job as being a man of integrity. We read in the chapter one of the book of Job where Satan accuses Job before God of only serving God because God has blessed him so much. And Satan asks permission to be able to test Job God grants that permission to Satan, and the testing begins. But there was one stipulation. There was one condition that God placed on this testing. The Lord told uh, Satan that he could strip Job of all of his material possessions. He could strip Job of everything that he had, but that he could not touch him physically. So... In a matter of one day's time, Job lost everything. He lost all his material possessions. All of his children were killed in the matter of one day's time. The Bible says that even though Job was deeply grieved, his response to losing everything was, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Isn't that amazing? Well, the testing was not yet over. Once again, Satan goes before God and he begins to accuse Job again in Job chapter four. He said, Satan said, Job was able to accept the loss of his family and personal health. He said, but just let me effect his, excuse me, let me back up. In uh, uh, the book of Job chapter four, Satan said that Job was able to accept the loss of his personal wealth and of his family. He said, but just watch and see what he does if something happens to his health. Surely he's going to curse you to your face. God says, well, go go ahead. Yeah, you, you can test him again. Test him one more time. But I'm putting a restriction on this test again. You can touch his health, but you cannot take his life. You cannot kill him. So the testing begins and Job is inflicted with painful sores from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And even in his agony and his suffering, he continues to hold on. But Job's wife, she begins to become impatient and she says, well, why don't you just curse God and die? But the Bible says that even though Job was suffering in great pain, that he never sinned with his mouth. The Bible says he never cursed God. Instead, Job said, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Job's Job's story reminds me of a song that was popular a few years ago called Blessed Be the Name of the Lord. And some of the lyrics are, include, you give and you take away. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. You give and you take away, but my heart will choose to say, blessed 
be your name. How many of us can choose to say, blessed be the name of the Lord, when we're going through different cult, very difficult times of suffering in our own lives? How many of us can, can, how many of us can continue to bless the, the name of the Lord? I think that if we were all honest, we could admit that many of us have gotten upset with God during times of testing, especially when it has included suffering. Perhaps you have even cursed God. Perhaps you watching today have even turned your back on the Lord. And if that's you, I want to encourage you that God has not turned his back on you and that he is right there with you and that he is even allowing you to go through this time of suffering for a purpose because he wants to bring something beautiful out of this season. If you will just continue to place your hope in God, he wants to bring something beautiful out of it. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and 11 that God makes everything beautiful in his timing. Well, this is exactly what happened to Job at the end of his story. God restored everything. Not only was his health restored, but his wealth was restored double, in fact. Uh, he was a very prosperous man. And once again, he was blessed with children. Job chapter 42, chapters 15 through 16 tells us exactly what happened. The Bible says that nowhere in the land were there found women as beautiful as Job's daughters. And Job lived to be 140 years old and saw his children and his children's children all the way to the fourth generation. Job was blessed because he passed the suffering test. He would not give up and God made it worth all of his while. Well, we've been talking about some pretty serious issues today. And I wanna pause for just a moment excuse me, to remind you that we go through these times of testing because we are being molded, we are being shaped, we are being transformed. Our character is being developed so that we can do great things for God. So I want to I talk about a man that had to go through a temptation test. This is the last test that I want to talk to you about, passing the temptation test. This was a man by the name of King David. In the book of 2 Samuel, we read about King David. We read that God was using him powerfully, and he was a man after God's own heart, but he was just a man. One evening, King David was tempted while he was on the roof of his home because he saw a very beautiful woman across the way who was bathing by the name of Bathsheba. King David sent for the woman Bathsheba, even though she was married, she consented to come to the palace. Well, she came to the palace and she slept with King David. Well, she became pregnant with his son. And when King David found out that she had become pregnant, immediately he made a plan to have her husband killed on the battlefield. He executed his plan and Bathsheba's husband was killed in battle. King David thought he had gotten away with it, but he didn't get away with anything because God saw everything. He always does. Shortly after the child was born, the Lord allowed the son to become sick. And even though that David pleaded and interceded and, and, and fasted and asked the Lord for mercy, the Lord allowed the child to die. You see, King David's temptation cost him more than he thought he was ever going to have to pay. He didn't pass the temptation test. But the Bible tells us of another man by the name of Joseph who had to take the temptation test. 
um, Joseph's own brothers, they were very jealous of him and they threw him in a well and left him for dead. And eventually he was sold into slavery and went to live in the home of a man by the name of Potiphar's uh, house. And Potiphar was a officer in Pharaoh's uh, army. But God's hand was upon Joseph and he had to take the temptation test one day. The Bible says that he was a very handsome man. But one day while living in Potiphar's house, Potiphar's wife tempted him and grabbed him by the cloak and asked him to come to bed with her. Well, Joseph ran out of the house and left the cloak in her hand. See, the difference between King David and Joseph was, was that Joseph ran. He got away from that temptation and King David gave into the temptation. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and 13 that when we are tempted, God always provides a way out so that we can escape. Sometimes the way out is to pray and to ask God to give us the strength to be able to resist that temptation. And then we have to do our part not to give into it. And then there are other times that we need to literally get away. We need to run. We need to do what Joseph did. We need to escape the temptation. Joseph was able to successfully pass the temptation test. But the testing didn't end there because Joseph was required to take many, many different types of testing, all of which he passed very, very successfully. And because he passed these tests, God saw that Joseph had the type of character. He had the type of integrity. He had the type of maturity that was necessary to be entrusted with promotion. You see, he was being molded. He was being shaped for something great. And Pharaoh promoted Joseph. The day of promotion came and he was promoted to be the governor of all of Egypt. Now, not only did this promotion come with great responsibility, but it also came with many great benefits. Joseph was able to move into the palace and the Bible says he was a very blessed man financially. But this position of being governor did not come overnight. No, it came after many years and many tears and passing many tests. But the day of promotion came and Joseph was blessed. Perhaps you're watching today and you've been going through some very difficult times of testing in your own life. I just want you to remember that God has a purpose for you going through all these testings. He has a purpose for you, for you, for even allowing this. You are being molded. You are being shaped. You are being transformed for something. So if you will just make the decision to continue making the right choices, if you will just make the decision to continue passing the tests, God is going to make it all worth it. So continue to pass the tests because you are destined for greatness. Well, maybe you've never made the decision to take the first step that I was talking about in the beginning of this program, and that step is to become a Christian, to invite Jesus to come into your life. If that's you, I want to encourage you that God loves you. God is a God of love. 
And he loves you so much that he sent his own son into this world for you. And while Jesus Christ was in this world, he had to, he had to go through many, many, many different types of tests, all of which he passed. And the hardest test that he had to take was just hours before he allowed himself to be crucified for the sacrifice of all of mankind, the sacrifice for the sins of all of mankind for you and I. He allowed himself to go through that because he loves you so much. And the beautiful part about this is, is that Jesus wants you to invite him to come into your life. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray with me and, and to make that decision to invite Jesus to come into your life. Because not only does he want to transform you as an individual, but he wants to transform all of your life. He wants to transform your family. He wants to transform your finances. He wants to transform your health. But you must make the decision to allow him to do this. And that decision can only be made by you. So I encourage you to make the decision right now so that you can live the abundant life that Jesus gave his life to for you. The Bible says that Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. So once you make the decision to pray with me right now and accept him into your life, the Bible says in John 3:16 that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whosoever shall believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. You won't perish if you accept him. You won't live for eternal separation away from God. But once you leave this world, you will have eternal life, <clears throat> excuse me, in a place called heaven. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through his Son. So won't you pray with me and accept him today? What are you waiting for? He loves you. He doesn't want to harm you. He wants to do good for you. So let's pray together right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you for coming into this world and dying for me, for giving your life. Thank you that you were able to endure that hard test in the last hours of making the choice to give your life for the sins of all mankind. And right now, I ask you to come into my heart. I thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And I accept you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you for watching Speak Life today. I hope that you'll check out my website. It can be found at shannonlittleministries.org. And while you're on there, there's going to be a place for you to send me your prayer requests. Please send me your prayer requests because I would love to pray with you as you're going through some of these difficult tests. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want to stand with you. I want to pray with you. I believe that you are going to do great things for God. I believe that you are going to pass these tests. I believe that you're going to be promoted. I believe in you. So send your prayer requests in at my website. Thank you so much for watching today. I'm looking forward to hearing your praise reports and all of the amazing things that God is doing in your life. I'm so glad that you made the decision to accept Jesus. So that transformation process can begin happening not only in you, but in your family and your entire life. I love you, and I pray that you have a tremendously blessed day. 
And remember to always speak life. Thank you.